We are here on the last Sunday of our series. We've been talking about what are the five components of Grace Church. What is it that makes this church so different? Okay, Okay. how about this? When you were first explaining Grace Church to someone who didn't know it, what did you say? You're like, it's kind of, right? And so you're like, it's kind of like this, but it's not like that. And it's kind of like that, but it's right? Because you, 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 you struggled, correct? Or, or you just ignored it. Oh, uh, <laughs> Grace Church, I don't know about those guys. I don't, I'm not a part of that. It's different, right? And so I get these questions. Why is Grace Church so different? What are the, you know, the values? What are the, the components, if you would, that you mix into this, this pot to create what we have here? And so we've gone through the five different elements, the five values that we uh, make a priority here at Grace. And so this last week, here's our last one. Rhythm. Rhythm. Now, I understand I'm speaking to a predominantly white audience this morning, but who likes rhythm? There we go. Okay. So uh, we're in the car the other day, and uh, oh, we're driving back, and we were listening to uh, it's an audio book in the car. The kids love these audio books, and so we had it playing. The kids were loving it. And then uh, Jude goes, hey, Dad, is there any way that we could put some rap on just for a second? <laughs> and I was like, sure, son. And so we play something, and I mean, you know, here, here we are, all, you know, all five of us, very, very white people, you know, we're driving the road, and you see my son in the back, uh, <laughs> and I'm just like, job well done, Dad. The walkers love rhythm, all right? We, we absolutely love it, right? Rhythm is something that uh, is involved in everything. It, it's just a part of life. Now, with rhythms, we think about music, right? Um, what kind of music do you like? It's the South. Blake Shelton was in town, wasn't he? Do we have any country fans out there? Yeah? Okay. I'm trying not to look. I don't want to think less of anyone in the room. I'm just trying to look down. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Uh, what about jazz, since we're talking about rhythms, some good rhythms? Okay. 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 Some jazz. Um, who likes honky tonk? You know what I'm talking about? No one? <laughs> Brian. <laughs> You're big enough to like it. <laughs> no one's going to make fun of him when he stands up. I like honky tonk. <laughs> That's great. I love that music, right? So, with rhythms, we think about music often. And so, with, with people who play music, you know, the, the creativity, the, imp- the moments when we improv, in music, they take place inside the rhythms. And so with that idea, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, what other rhythms do we have in life? And I had some begin to pop into my mind. There are rhythms that, that fill everything in life. We have the rhythms of, of breathing. Just a moment. And this rhythm, in and out, it goes on all the time, doesn't it? Have you ever tried to control your breathing? It's very difficult, isn't it? It's hard to take a rhythm that's already in motion and to change that rhythm, right? There's rhythms of the day, right? Night and day. Night and day. Who has ever um, had to go from being normal and then you had to work the night shift? Who's had to do that before? Okay, you are having to go against the ordinary rhythms, okay, of your life, of the people around you, and you're having to, to, if you would, 
push against the current. You're having to go against the rhythm to create a new rhythm, a new normal for you, right? It, it, it's difficult, correct? How about, uh, what else we got? Hot and cold, seasons, right? We have the seasons, these, these cycles that take place on the earth. You, know, you go through your spring and you have fall, you have winter and summer. You have, ooh, my favorite, life and death, correct? You have life, and this little child is born, and it grows and matures. And then this child, as it, and this is super morbid, just stay with me. As it begins to reach death, it has children. And so even though it's going to die, right, its death breeds what? Life. And that cycle continues. Do you see what I'm talking about? There are rhythms that you are a part of that you're not even aware of. See, all of life takes place inside rhythms, okay? Rhythms are, are something that fill everything we have in life. Now, what is a rhythm, okay? When I talk about rhythms, here's what I'm talking about. Rhythms are the habits, routines, rituals, and cycles of life that form our identity, meaning how you see yourself, and informs how we see the world. So it's the rhythms that we're born into that affect the way that I understand who I am and the way that I understand what the world is. These are the rhythms that we're all kind of born into. So the question with this is, you know, why are rhythms important? I mean, what's important about having to acknowledge these rhythms? Well, think about this. Who has ever been inside a pool where you played the game called like a whirlpool? I guess what it's called. Everyone goes in the same direction. Have you done that before? You get like five or ten people, and you guys just begin to go around this pool. And then uh, I was in summer camp one time, and we had like you know, 300 people in this monster Olympic pool just going in a circle, right? So at first, right, to start a rhythm is difficult. You're having to trudge, correct? And then as you guys get going faster, all of a sudden, if you, if you want to stop walking, you can just kind of lift your feet up, and what happens? The current, the rhythm, it carries you. Correct? And so then, at this point, what's most difficult is if you want to go against the current, against the rhythm. How difficult is that? If there are 300 people who are going in this direction, and the water begins to, to turn and turn and turn, what happens if you begin to decide, I want to go that way, and everything's coming this way? What happens? You have no control. There's no one in the room strong enough. If there were 300 people in a pool going this way, there's no one in the room who's strong enough to turn around and just, with your own grip, begin to resist that stop, that push. I saw that look. Don't. It's impossible. You cannot resist it, right? It will carry you. Now, this is what I want you guys to think about. There are rhythms. There are currents. There are tides in your life right now that are carrying you somewhere. They're taking you somewhere. They are constantly pulling you and carrying you along. Who likes to, and I probably shouldn't ask this, who likes to go floating? And the hands are like, I'm sure you guys take Coca-Cola, right, when you guys go floating. <laughs> Correct? Yeah. Yeah. No judgment, no judgment. Again, it's nice about them because, again, the whole idea is if I just choose to go along with the flow with the current. I all I have to do is stick my feet up and enjoy the ride. Correct? The world is already going somewhere. The world has its own rhythms, it has its own 
current, its own tide. It is going someplace. And the problem is this. The moment that you become a follower of Jesus, you are embracing a different path. Meaning, if the world is wanting to go this way, when you become a follower of Jesus, you decide that I'm going to go this way. But the problem remains. The current, the world is already moving this way. How do I resist this? And so most people become Christian, and, and you, you, know, you find this out. You learn that resisting the current is difficult. Or even worse, most churches have their own current, which looks just like the world. And so when you begin to follow Jesus, you, you, your life doesn't really change a whole lot. You try to sin a little bit less, but really everything is the same. If you study the Scriptures, the most difficult thing the church had to face was that everything about following Jesus was different from everything else in the world. Counter-cultural, right? The concept is we're going upstream here. Okay, if you don't believe me, how about this? Try for one full day to live your life 100%, loving your neighbor, meaning everyone around you, and loving your neighbor as you love yourself. Try it just for one day. Try to look out to, to, to want the absolute best, even more than yourself, for everyone around you for just one day. So Kelly, when you're at work and you have this great listing and you can sell it and make all this money, I want you to go, you know what? I really want so-and-so to have this listing. Here you go. Have my listing. Bless. Jesus loves you. Specifically, your enemy, right? So like the person who actually is out to get you. I want you to do that to that person. Pass, right? There is a flow of everything in the world, and yet we are called to go against the flow. So how do we do this? What do we do? And so in this process, the first thing you have to do, you have to acknowledge this, okay? Following Jesus is disruptive. We talked about that last week. Disruptive. When you begin to follow Christ, your life will begin to be shaken. The ordinary, the patterns, the rituals, the habits, it will be uncomfortable. If, if you became a Christian and it, and it was comfortable for everything in your life to stay the same except for adding church, we need to focus on following Jesus a little bit more. And you will begin to acknowledge how difficult this is. So the problem is that we're trying to follow Jesus, but everything around us is carrying us a different way. So with Jesus, he says, to love my neighbor as myself, to love them, to seek their good over my good. But the world tells me I need to take care of myself and my own. Jesus says to love my enemy, to take care of them, to protect them, to seek their good. But the world tells me to seek harm for the person who wants to harm me, to return evil with evil, force with force, violence with violence. Correct? The world tells me that this world, what matters most is to climb to the top of the hill. Get to the top. Be the most powerful, the most educated, the most uh, successful, the most respected, most famous, have the most money. And the kingdom of God says, seek first the kingdom, which means lay it all down and follow Jesus. Lay it all down. Seek to be the bottom of this world. How does this work? And so the thing that we have to acknowledge is that we have to begin to identify that there are rhythms, there are currents, there are forces that are moving in our life. That if, if all we do is wake up on, on the average day and just float through life, every single moment of your life, you are floating farther away 
from pursuing the kingdom of heaven, from following Jesus. If you just kind of pick your feet up and you have a Coke as you float through life, okay, you will continue to float away from what it is to follow Christ. So how do we change this? How do we, how do we alter this? Now, there are certain types of rhythms I want to talk about this morning. There are different effects these, that these things have. Here's the first one. There are rhythms that are personal, meaning there are personal habits, personal routines, which you do in your own day, you know, your, your average life, right? Um, and these are things also that you've learned. See, we've all had rhythms that were handed down to us. Okay, so who went to church when you were a kid? Raise your hand. Okay. So the odds are, and, you know, I won't call out ages, but the older you are, okay, the more frequently that you went to church when you were a kid, okay? So a, a personal rhythm that you inherited from your family, most of you, was that what we did was we went to church Wednesday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Monday, and then if there's a revival service or, you know, if it's Ash Wednesday for Catholic, if it's Lent, you know, whatever, there are actually, we are, this is a rhythm, this is a routine, we do this, we go to church, Correct? Um, who farmed a little bit? Did anyone farm? Was anyone involved in a farming family? Okay. There are rhythms of a farm that are not like rhythms outside of a farm. There's a, a, a way that you wake up, a way that you eat, uh, things that you do before most people even start their day, and things that you do when everyone else is getting in bed that most people never do. And it's a habit. It's not a one-time thing. It's an entirely different countercultural way of living. And so here's the world spinning and turning, and yet there are, there are different rhythms that can isolate us from, from the world. And so if you lived on a farm, you were somewhat isolated from the way that other people lived. So if you want to take the analogy of a farm, a farm is what we'd call a, a uh, communal rhythm, meaning the people closest to you. This is the way that we live our lives. This is the way that we kind of have a pattern. Now, a communal rhythm can be all different sizes, but the average person here, the communal rhythm you live is going to be with your coworkers, the people who you work with, correct? The people who have the same type of job as you do. You guys will, will have a similar rhythm. Maybe it's people who are as educated as you are, or, you know, people who are, who knows, as successful. These different people have a different type of rhythm from other people. It is a communal rhythm. The things that you do, not everybody else does. And then you've got things which are cultural rhythms. So if you would, if you picture this, the personal rhythms are like a small little pool, right? And it's just like you and two or three people who are kind of going in a, in a cycle. A communal rhythm can be slightly larger. A cultural rhythm is something that's, that is extremely expansive. So like, say like being an American. Who has spent time with people who are not American? How was that experience? Did you realize how many habits you have that are uncommon outside of this country? One of the ones that people outside of this country talk about the most about us Americans, um, how much we like to eat. We are famous in the world for being gluttons. We are famous for being able to have the ability and to choose to indulge in excess amounts of food. Now, there's something else that we're famous for. Americans, America is famous for its armed forces, guns. We're very partial to our weapons here, right? Especially in this subculture, right, of the what? The, the South. Heck, 
Let's talk about the South. Trucks. When I moved down here, I had no idea what I was getting into. I was like, why does everyone in their mama have a truck? This is ridiculous. I I, you know, everyone's got trucks and camo. I mean, like, who are we hiding from in school? I don't know why we need camo. I, I, was, I was very confused. I didn't understand what was happening. There is a culture, right? And it's a, yeah, okay. But as Americans, there are multiple things that we do. There is, there's a movement. There is a, a rhythm that kind of it folds us into something bigger than, than we are. One of the biggest rhythms that Americans have is the way that we have rituals and symbols. Now, so in the church, we have something called a cross, correct? And this cross is not just wood. The cross has meaning, right? It's a symbol. When you look at it, it means more than what it literally is. It has embedded meaning to it. Now, this nation has its own symbol. Do you know what that is? Flag, correct? Now, when you see a flag, it's not just about what the colors stand for, correct? It's not just about all the stars, what the stars stand for, correct? There's more meaning that's been embedded in this symbol. And this symbol is a religious symbol, right? And so with that symbol, we have, we have how do you put that? Rituals. Would you like to name out some of the habits and the rituals we have as Americans? Pledge of Allegiance. The national anthem. And what happens when people want to touch what's sacred to a culture? Right? What happens when someone wants to disrupt the rhythms? Oh, I am Facebook friends with most of you. I know what you thought about it. Freaking, I ain't never watch NFL ever again, except for maybe the Super Bowl, but that's about it. I mean, come on. You get upset because this is a rhythm. This is something that you were born into. You didn't exactly like just learn it consciously. It's something that was born into. You were born into a rhythm, and unless you began to resist it, you were going to go with it. It's just something that forms who you are and informs how you see the entire world. As a Southerner, the concept of not having a weapon might be a little foreign to you, Right? But there are many countries in the world where the concept of you having a weapon freaks them out. Freaks them out. These are rhythms and habits. And again, see how these rhythms shape who you are. Adam, if you grew up in Pennsylvania where I grew up, you would not talk with the accent you have, brother. <laughs> you wouldn't do it. And again, you didn't choose to have that. It formed you. If you grew up somewhere else, people, you wouldn't love sweet tea the way you do. I'm going to break it to you. When you go up north, it's not even on the menu. Sweet tea's not on the menu. So in all these things, I want you to see this. I want you to see this. Rhythms form you. Everyone in this room wants to pride themselves and say, I, I know who I am. I have made myself, I've made conscious choices to be who I want to be. No, you have not. Yes, you have made some choices, but guess what? Even your understanding of choices is dramatically affected by the rhythms, the habits, the rituals, the ideas that you were born into, things that are so much bigger than you are. So as Christians, we have a solution for this. We have a practice. We have a, a practice we do that symbolizes breaking the currents of the world. 
breaking the, the currents of cultures and subcultures and nations. And, and we have a practice which symbolizes taking someone out of a world and putting them into a new world, taking them out of a people group and putting them into a new people group. Would you like to guess what it's called? Baptism. Water's involved. Do you see the symbolism now? It's not supposed to be done in that, by the way. It's supposed to be done in what? An actual moving body of water. Do you see the symbolism? And in this water, we put you under not as a symbol of this new refreshing life. And Jesus, blessed, you will be blessed. We put you under as a symbol of what? Death. Every rhythm, every habit, every ritual and culture that told you who you are, who the world is, it is dead. And now the only thing that informs you, the only thing that forms who you are and who the world is, is what? Christ. You will now be baptized, in the, the Word in Scriptures translated, right? You'll be brought from darkness to light. You're going to be brought into a new rhythm, a new pattern of the world. All these words of the Apostle Paul should jump out to you now when you read his letters. Patterns, forms, habits. You have to understand, just to, to make a commitment to follow Jesus is not enough. You're going to have to intentionally put yourself into new rhythms which are going to form you. You cannot form yourself in the image of Christ by yourself. It's impossible. It's impossible. I've learned that my ability to change my mind on something is almost impossible unless... I expose myself to new ideas and to new perspectives, new rhythms, new habits, new ideas and concepts. And if I will do that now, my ability, if I will take myself out of this pool, which is moving this way, and I go put myself in this pool, which is moving the other way, now I have a chance to be changed, to be different. Most of you are not very different than what you were when you got baptized or when you got saved. It's not because you didn't want to follow Jesus. It's because you're still in the same rhythms, the same pools that you were in before. And so here at Grace, what we do is we try to, to help you. We try to show you that there are new rhythms, there are currents that you need to choose to get in. You have to choose to jump into these pools. And if you let yourself do it, these pools are going to begin taking you a new place. It's going to change you and form you. And it's going to begin to have your life orient around the kingdom of heaven, around Jesus, around the Scriptures, instead of around anything else. Now, there are a few different tools that we use here. Um, in your background in churches, were you taught that religion was a bad word? Hands. Religion was a bad word in the churches that you grew up in. The goal was to be spiritual. Correct? Okay. Now, I was taught that most all things from the Catholic Church or the Anglican Church or whatever was all these empty, just they're going through the motions. Correct? It's, it's, it's all just these empty, you know, actions. There's not really any life into it. And so the churches I grew up in kind of had their own form of their own habits and rhythms and rituals. But really what it was was the absence of structure. And so what you had was you just had a lot of just this. <laughs> and again, I'm not even sure what that is, but it was there in spades, right? Now, the question is, why did we choose to leave these things behind? Why did we choose to leave 
the, the Holy Church calendar. Have you guys ever heard of that? The church calendar. You guys put that on the screen for me. The church calendar. Now, the church calendar is a very easy concept. It's that the entire world is going through their life following a specific rhythm, right? When you were in school, I missed school for this reason. You had a rhythm, correct, when you were in school? Yes, right? You had summer and you had what? You had Christmas break and then you had summer again, correct? And so like that's where you knew where you were. Summer, Christmas break, summer, right? The idea is, is that the world has its own rhythms, has its own pattern to life. And so the church calendar was a way to take Christians and say, no, 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 we aren't living by your rhythms. We're living by a different rhythm. At some point it might pop up, and when it does, I'll, I'll break it down a little bit more. We at Grace have been slowly tricking you into living by the church calendar. Now, we started six years ago. Now, again, you know, the, the plans I have for Grace, I, you know, I would never tell you. You'd freak out and run away. But we slowly sneak it up on you every year. We just take a little bit and we add it every single year. So about six years ago, the two big things we did was we added Advent to the church and we added the Eucharist, right? Uh, the Lord's table. And, you know, with our background, that was a, a scary, scary thing for us to do, right? But with this, what happened in this is that we, we knew that we could use Christmas because everyone loves Christmas, right? Okay, you better. Okay. And so we started with Advent, and then we added Pentecost, which we were a charismatic church. You know, so Pentecost, everyone said amen about that one, right? Um, and if you've noticed, we've slowly begun to add here. And so if you see the church calendar, what you do is you have the ordinary time, then you have the, if, if you would, the spiritualized time. And again, the whole concept is that there's not, not anything really special about anything. What it is is this. It's acknowledging that we're human and that we need rhythms, okay? When you exercise, you strain, and then you what? You rest, right? You have to have rhythms. So what you have, you have the summer basically is like ordinary time. And then in November, you have Advent, which is preparation for, <clears throat> for Christmas. And you have Epiphany, which we haven't brought that one up on you guys yet. We'll talk about that next year. And then we go into Lent, which is preparation for Easter. And then we, we cap it off with Pentecost. We integrate rhythms and patterns slowly. Because right now, your life revolves around your kids' school, around your hobbies, around your work, and that's what your life moves around. What would change if your life actually moved around thinking and engaging in Christ in the Scriptures? Yes, I know the practicality of it's about to be, you know, t-ball season, and, you know, it's going to be nuts. I understand that. But what if the priority that I train my kids was we move and we focus, our lives are centered on Jesus. We live by this rhythm. This is the rhythm that we live in. Because remember, you will hand down rhythms to your children, habits to your children. You will hand down things to them which will form who they will be. What will you be handing down to your kids? It's the mighty dollar which forms our rhythms. When I got to go to work, I got to go to work. When I got to travel, I got to travel. When I got to have that meeting, I got to have that meeting. That's what forms my rhythm. Is that what you're going to hand your children? It's hobbies. Man, hunting season. Sorry, I'm gone. Oh, man, it's all sorts of shots I could take right now. I can't do it. Can't do it. But, what, but which ones will you hand down to your children, right? And so we will integrate the calendar. That's one of the things we do here. And again, 
These things can be empty. These things can be motions with nothing. But there's a combination. There's the word intent, okay, and action. You combine intent, what you bring to it, and the action. And when you combine these things, the words the Apostle Paul uses, he talks about faith without what is dead. Action. Faith without action is dead. And we combine these two things. And see, the, the thing with this is, is I would love to assume that every one of us is so spiritual that we can just wake up every day and just float with the Spirit. Oh, yeah. I'm just, I'm just spiritual today. Come on, be honest. No. What happens is we have to have plans. We have to have rhythms. And we put ourselves in rhythm, and it teaches us to pay attention to God. And so the next thing that we do here at Grace is we have something that we call, we have, the, um, we have tables and we have classes, which are starting up here. And if you notice, we've been talking about that a lot. These are new communal rhythms. These are things that if you get involved in a table, it's going to disrupt your life. But if you give it time, it's going to begin to just pull you in a different direction. Because that time which you could use for anything else would be taking you exactly where you always go. But if you allow that rhythm to begin taking you somewhere else, when you look up in October, October, you will be in a completely different place than where you were because this rhythm is going to take you somewhere. When you begin to go to classes, it's not about learning something in the classes. It's about changing the rhythm of your life. I revolve around God and the church of God. This is what I revolve around. This is what I'm making space for. And in these possibilities, inside these rhythms, life is going to begin to pop up. Now, the new thing we've got for you guys today, and actually, if you guys have your phones, pull them out. We have the new church app. Now, this has always been something different, and again, I feel cheesy even plugging it out, but this is different. Now, historically, Christians have practiced something called the daily offices. Have you guys ever heard of these things? What you've been taught is something called devotionals. Have you guys ever been taught to have devotionals in the morning? You wake up, you read, you pray, right? That concept came from these, called the daily offices, right, which have been done for thousands of years. The concept of the offices is simple, right? I have all these busy things to do, so how do I train myself to pay attention to God? I know I start and end my day by paying attention to God in my life. So I start my morning with prayer and with the Scriptures and with quiet time with the Lord, code word for meditation, right? And then I end my day with this. So what we've done for you is we made it easy for you. If you want to clip on, on pray, the word pray there, it's a very simple breakdown. So you've got three prayers a day, and you've got two short passages. I'll be doing a live video here pretty soon to kind of walk us through it. But basically, it takes about 10 minutes to do. You start your day, you just click pray, and you go through it. It'll, it'll change up throughout the week. And again, it's not, this is not the end. If all you do is read this and go through it, it's going to have value. But what we do is we use this as a rhythm to create space. So I start my morning with a prayer of thanksgiving. But that's just the start. This is the primer. And then from here, I allow myself to begin to go through anything else that just comes up to me. I start my day with a prayer of intercession, meaning thinking about the needs of others. But that prayer just gets my mind and my spirit moving. And now I'm available to begin to let anything God brings to me, I can begin to pray again. These things alone are not enough, but these things are a structure, a rhythm, which inside the rhythm is where all the improvisation of the Spirit 
begins to happen, right? This is where the, the great, fun, amazing things happen inside the structure. You, if you do not have structure, if you don't have rhythms in your life, what will happen is this. You will have highs and lows, and you'll be someone who goes like this. You'll have your super big highs, and then you're going to dip super low. Super big high, because here's, here's the problem. You don't have a consistent current that's carrying you and forming these things in you. What's happening is you're using your emotion or your enthusiasm to drive yourself until it's exhausted. But if your life, if your everyday habits are what drive you, it will create space every day for God. It's not dependent on your emotions. It's not dependent on your, you know, engagement. It makes space every day. It becomes ordinary. And inside the ordinary is when the extraordinary supernatural takes place. So the app's got all sorts of things. Basically, you got, you got the prayer. You have watch, which, you know, if you want to engage in the sermon, it's going to have that there. It'll take you to a link to kind of engage in questions and discussion. You've got grow, which is going to always have the information on classes and on the tables involved in it, um, the different events. And then you've got uh, give, which I know you're all giving all sorts of money. Amen. So when the Spirit leads you that morning, I'm going to give all my bank account. Amen. Okay, maybe not. Um, but it's there. And again, I, I, it's going to become a new thing that we really uh, encourage you to do. Again, the concept is that Sunday morning, is a, it starts the pot, and it, it gets things moving in the right rhythm, the right direction, so that it carries on throughout the week. And this app and the classes and tables are going to help us carry this on throughout our entire week, so that the hope is, is that this is where it begins to draw us into more and more.